Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, grab your Bibles, turn with it to Mark chapter 2, please. Mark chapter 2. If you uh, would like sermon notes and... Um, and scriptures and all that. We we have an event created on the YouVersion Bible app. So if you have YouVersion, uh, you can go to uh, and search the event for Covenant Life Church in Bremen, and it'll pull up today's uh, today's sermon notes. Okay. All right. Mark chapter two, verse verse twenty three. It says this: One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees, that's the religious church people that nobody likes, said to Jesus, uh, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of, uh, of, of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus said to them, Please pay attention to this. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements or the rules of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the chance to get into your word today. I pray that you would speak to us, that we hear your voice. And I pray, God, that more than listening and more than hearing, I pray that you would help us to do what it is that you tell us to do today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Sorry, I had to blow up. Blow up the font size on notes. A certain, you reach a certain age and you can't see anymore. Can somebody say amen? Hey, all right. So listen, everybody wants to start the new year off right, right? You, we want to share resolutions. We share diet plans. We share workout. By we, I mean some of y'all. I ain't sharing none of that. Uh, workout regimens, uh, money-saving tips, time-saving uh, ideas, life hacks, just all kinds of things. Because we want to feel like we got a better plan to face the challenges that might have, might have punched us in the mouth last year, right? We want to feel like we got a leg up on this next year. Well, Jesus said something in this passage that we just read that I think we need to slow down and understand. Um, because I think it's the key to becoming whatever it is that God wants us to become and doing whatever it is that he's called us to do. Now, in that passage, Jesus said the Sabbath was created to meet the needs of the people. Not just the Jewish people, all the people. Because long before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, long before Moses and the Mosaic Law, God himself established the Sabbath for humans, the humans that he had just created. And although over the years it's gotten layered with lots of rules and regulations and ridiculousness, Jesus said it was custom built. The Sabbath was custom built for the needs 
of people. And that's us. So today's message is called the Sabbath Principles. The Sabbath Principles. There's a lot to know about the Sabbath, but today is a kind of a flyover from 50,000 feet. Just to get the big picture principles that makes this so powerful in our, in our lives. And I believe that we're going to, if we will learn and practice the Sabbath principles, that we'll see a significant improvement in our lives physically and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So let's see what those principles are. Here's, here's the first one. It's rest. Rest. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, for years, I have struggled with an addiction to activity. An addiction to activity. I feel like I have to be doing something every moment of every day. Anybody, let's just start a support group. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Been meaning to start a support group, just too busy. Just can't do it. Um, most of my life, I've been in constant motion. Uh, as a matter of fact, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something. I, I spend most of my life desperate for time off, and then I get time off, and I get, all, I get paralysis by analysis because I feel like I need to rest, but I also feel like I need to be doing something, and I get confused about how to rest most effectively. Does anybody, don't call, don't call the police on me. I'm not crazy, I promise. I'm not the only one that's crazy, how about that, all right? So I, I, I've got this, this battle going on inside of me. In my younger days, I had a lot of religious and arrogant judgments about people who weren't as addicted to activity as I was. And as I've gotten older, I realize I was wrong. I was flat. Right. My daddy said I was slap wrong, right? Rest is not just for the weak. Rest is not laziness. Rest is mandated by the manufacturer. When God mandated the Sabbath, the requirements that he gave us way back in the book of Genesis, the requirements were that he gave were to help the people understand the concept. And then you look in Exodus and, and the following uh, ch- books and, and chapters then you understand that he was just trying to help them understand what to do. Basically, it was about not working. It was about slowing down the pace, changing up the routine. For them, their work was very, very physically difficult. So God wanted their bodies to have one whole day to recover from all the things that they've been doing. We, we need the, for, for us today, most of our uh, our jobs are not as physically strenuous as they are mentally strenuous, right? You get to the end of the day and you are exa- your brain is exhausted. So we need a Sabbath to turn down the noise in our lives and let our brains recover. At least part of the stress and the anxiety that we see running rampant in our society is because we don't practice the Sabbath principle of rest. Rest. Now, rest is the healthy middle ground, I've come to realize. It's the healthy middle ground between hyperactivity and laziness. You could even think of rest as preparing yourself for more effective activity because your body was created to function at peak performance only when given enough rest. And guess what? Your brain is an organ of your body. 
So your mental functions can't even operate at full capacity unless, uh, unless you get some rest. Now for the children of Israel, that meant no plowing, no harvesting, no strenuous housework for the ladies. For those in Jesus' day, it meant no fishing for the fishermen like Peter, James, John, Andrew. No, no fishing, no, uh, no carpentry, none of that stuff. A complete departure from their regular routine. That's what God was, was setting up for them. For us, it would mean time set aside when we're not running 100 miles an hour, coming in on two wheels. When, when we're not constantly on our phones or on our computers, can somebody say, oh me, right? When we're not running our kids all over the world. You say, but I just want to give my kids every advantage. I, I get that. I understand that. But when do they get time away from sports and schoolwork and private lessons and community service organizations and all the things that we get our kids signed up for? When do they get a break from that? For us adults, kids, that was a good time for you to say amen, but that's okay. Yeah. For, for us as adults, when do we unplug? When do we slow down? You say, John, you're telling me we need to set aside an entire 24-hour period to do nothing but sleep and eat and relax? I think uh, we'd be amazed at how our lives would change if we did that. But for most of us, it, that's an overwhelming and unattainable goal. Like some of you are getting stressed out just thinking about reducing your stress. We, we'd stress ourselves out trying to figure out how to do 24 hours in a row. So how about we start with two hours a week? Two hours a week. You spend that much scrolling social media, don't you? You spend that much time watching stuff on Netflix you don't even like. Right? Two hours a week where you just stop. What about a four-hour block of time in a month? Could you find that? How can you incorporate the, the, the principle of Sabbath rest into your life? If you'll ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit will tell you. He'll show you. He'll show you. Jesus said the Sabbath was created for you. It'll only help you if you do it. Listen, I don't, I don't know what God has planned for you this year. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what he may have laid on your heart this year. But I know this, you're far more likely to achieve those goals and reach those, those desired destinies if you follow the Sabbath principle of rest. Rest. Here's the second principle. Renewal. Renewal. The Sabbath principle is extended beyond just one day a week. Uh, the Lord also told Israel to apply it to, to years as well. Because they were, uh, they were in an agrarian society and depended on the crops that they grew themselves. God told them uh, to plant and harvest for six years. And then on the seventh year, leave those fields alone. Let them lay fallow. It, it gave the, the field time for the nutrients to be renewed in the soil. Now, renewal is not the same as rest. It's not the same thing. Rest is a consistent Daily, weekly need. Renewal is less frequent. It, it, it's more intentional, but it's, it, but it's just as important. Because I don't know if you notice this, but life's tough. Life's hard. And it drains you. But it doesn't drain everything all at once. And it doesn't affect every area the same way. So you have to take some times 
of renewal to even assess what you need and then implement a plan to get those needs met. Now, if you're a business owner or if you're a leader or a ministry leader or even just a, if you're a family leader, you understand what it means to put your nose to the grindstone and just get it done, right? Because you know this, if you don't handle your business, ain't nobody else going to handle your business. Is that right? So you know what it means to just, to just put your nose to the grindstone and get it work and, and get to work. But, but there is a principle in business that says sometimes you have to stop working in your business so you can work on your business. You got to stop working in your business so you can work on your business. That means you take the time to assess your needs and to see the bigger picture. If rest is about doing things right, then renewal is about doing the right things. You can, you can be well-rested and passionate about your business, about your family, about your ministry, and you can run that thing straight into the ground. Renewal is not just about resting. It's about reflecting and refocusing and replenishing what's been exhausted in your life so that you are going in the right direction. Psalm 23, which we think is just for funerals, is not about death. It's about life. Psalm 23 says the Lord is our good shepherd, and he's going to lead us to what? Green pastures and still waters. Why? To restore our souls. Your life might look like stallions in a stampede, but you've got to find some time to become sheep at still waters. That's how your soul gets renewed. You're like, well, I don't even know what that means. What's, what's a soul? A soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. A time of renewal means you assess how you're feeling. You assess how you're thinking. You assess how your decision-making process might have been affected by your crazy life. You, you affect how the pain of your past might be affecting you in the present. You, you assess how your attitudes might need to get realigned with the Word of God. It, it's what I think Bishop Jakes calls a checkup from the neck up. Right? Why? Because who you are on the outside is a result of what's going on on the inside. Like way before it ever comes to, comes to pass where people can see what's going on, it started in here. Look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. This is what Jesus said. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Listen, if you want different results than you got last year, if you want your words to be better, if you want your actions to be better, your attitudes, it starts in your heart. Listen, if you fix the root, the fruit will fix itself. It's one of the major problems in the American church. We have become fruit fixers and not root fixers. See, religion is about fixing fruit. A relationship with Jesus is about fixing roots. Jesus said, I am the vine. I'm the true vine. And you're the branches. If you'll just stay connected to me, you will produce fruit, is what Jesus said. And listen, that wasn't pressure. It was prophecy. 
You, you won't have to strain. You won't have to struggle. It will naturally happen because that's how he set it up to work. You stay connected to the vine. You stay healthy. And then all of the spiritual fruit will come to pass. So maybe you can think of renewal as a time to check your connection to the vine and make sure you're still plugged in right. One of the most famous passages in the Bible besides Psalm 23 is another one of the Psalms. And it says, one verse says, be still. Y'all heard this? Be still what? And know that I am God. One of the things I hear the most in in 31 years of ministry, one of the things I've heard the most is people say, "I, I just don't hear from God. Like, how do you hear from God? And other people say, I don't even know if he's there. How do I even know that God is there? Could it be that we don't hear and we don't know because we're never still? Be still and know that I am God. I know people that won't, they won't be by themselves. Or if they are by themselves, they're going to turn on the TV, the radios, like everything's going to go all at once because they can't stand the silence and the solitude of being alone. And some of you are laughing and punching each other because that's true. Why is that? It's an attack of the enemy to keep you from being still. How is it you process the pain of your past? How is it you know what God's saying? How is it that you can, that you can even breathe sometimes in the chaos and the confusion? You have to be still and quiet. Now, here's an example that, that the kids will relate to and, and probably some, some of you adults as well. My 14-year-old son is a gamer. Uh, he loves to play video games. Any gamers up in here? Nobody's, no, not one person plays video games in this whole house. Thank you for being honest. Next week's message is about liars. Um, <laughs> My 14-year-old, he's, he is a gamer from the word go, man. He loves to play video games. I, a lot of those games are online games with friends of his. Well, Friday evening, um, a crisis occurred in my home because he started getting an error message that, <laughs> oh, that, that he could not connect to the PlayStation server. I know. So he, that meant he could not communicate with the other people, the other guys that he plays with, couldn't play the online games, couldn't continue to make progress on the games that he spent the most time on, and it was a bad thing. I am really proud of him. He didn't cry. Right. Whimpered a couple times, but didn't cry, and I, it was great. So every night when, he, when it's time for bed, he puts it into rest mode. But Friday night, out of desperation, he told me he turned it completely off. He powered it down. He disconnected cables. He unplugged it from the wall. And then, and then our, our power went out for two hours. So it reset the internet router and everything. So we, when he hooked it back up uh, Saturday morning after a night of prayer and fasting, then <laughs> everything was working perfectly. Everything was fine. Okay. Um, so what happened? the regular routine of rest wasn't good enough. He needed a renewal. He needed a reset. He needed to unplug and power down completely. For us, 
here in the real world, the, the consistent rest is good and it's necessary, but sometimes we start to notice that we're not communicating clearly with people who are on our team. We can't seem to connect with the main server in heaven, right? Like can't hear God and don't like people. Y'all ever been there? <laughs> um, so what do you do? Renewal. Renewal. You shut everything down. And you allow God to diagnose and fix the problem. Well, John, what does that, what does that look like? Because we ain't got like plugs that we can unplug. What does that look like? Well, maybe it's a weekend off where you just spend some time in focused prayer and reflection, quiet and solitude, asking the Holy Spirit to search you and reveal to you the areas that you have needs. I promise you, it is a, it is a prayer He will answer. He will hurt your feelings, but He will answer your prayers. Asking Him to heal you of the hurts that maybe you didn't even recognize. Asking Him to show you the secret sins that we hide so well. Renewal is taking the time to be still and to reestablish God's sovereignty over your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's, it's allowing the soul, uh, the soil of your soul to get replenished with the right balance of nutrients so that it will produce fruit that's good and full and right. So renewal is, a, is also a Sabbath principle. And here's the last one. Release. Release. Now, again, we're painting with really broad strokes here, uh, but the Sabbath principles weren't just about every seven days or every seven years, but it was also about the 50th year. The 50th year. Uh, after 49 years, and those of you that weren't good at third grade math, that's seven sets of seven years. After the 49th year, the next year was uh, a year of Jubilee. During that year, slaves were set free. Debts were forgiven. Can I hear somebody say amen? Debts were forgiven. Family property was restored to, to the families, of the original families. It was a year of releasing people from what had been binding them. So let me ask you this today. What's binding you? What's binding you right now? What things are still holding you back on this first day of 2023? Jesus said in Matthew 5 that he had not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. He said in Luke chapter 4 that he came to declare jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. It's no longer a specific year. It's not determined by a calendar. Jesus is your jubilee. He came to set you free from the things that are binding you. He said, John, what things are you talking about? Well, Jesus came to release you from the payment for your sins. We're all natural-born sinners, and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus paid it all. He paid for everything, and all you have to do is repent of your sins and surrender your life to him. Jesus came to release you from the penalty of your sins. If you can't pay the price, and nobody can, then the penalty is eternal death. You don't have to die and go to hell. Jesus paid for you to live and spend eternity with him in heaven. He took the penalty for your sin on the cross if you'll just accept it and surrender your life to him. 
But let's wait. There's more, right? Jesus also came to release you from the power of your sin. You don't have to keep sinning. Just because it used to be a problem for you, just because it used to be a chain for you, does not mean it has to be now. Romans says, Jesus broke the power of the law of sin and death. He set you free from sin's power over you. Now the Sabbath principles mean you don't have to just live a life of rest or a life of renewal, but it also means you refuse to accept Anything in your life is just the way it has to be. You are not bound. You're free. (laughs) If you know Jesus Christ, the Son, then He has set you free. If you know Jesus Christ, then you know the truth, and the truth has set you free, and you are free indeed. Because of Jesus, Jubilee is here, and you have been released. You've been released. But listen, the the jubilee worked in both directions. You couldn't just enjoy being released from your debts. You also had to release other people. It goes both ways. Listen, don't go dragging old debts into the new year. What, What do you feel like people owe you? What debts do people have owed to you? Just release it. Release it. One of the biggest things is feeling like people owe you an apology for the way they've treated you, for the way they've wronged you. Listen, don't go dragging unforgiveness into this new year. Don't wait on them to apologize because some of them ain't ever going to apologize. Some of the people who hurt you may not even be alive to apologize to you. Whatever somebody's done to you, forgive them now. Release them now. Listen, everybody is accountable to God for their actions. So don't think that by forgiving them, you're releasing them from accountability. You don't have that much power. That's a God-level deal. So quit worrying about all that. But forgiving them releases you from their power over you. It cuts the cord that connects you to a painful past. It wipes the slate clean for you and it allows you to reset your soul. The way you think, the way you feel, the way you make decisions. Because the bitterness of unforgiveness will change the way you think. It'll change how you feel. It'll even change the way you make decisions. It's doing you absolutely no good to hold on to those grudges. As a matter of fact, it's killing you. It's killing you spiritually and and emotionally and mentally and eventually physically. It will make you sick. So go through that mental list of people that have wronged you and release them. Every one of them, by name. Don't do that right now. (laughs) Go somewhere privately and call their name and think about what they did to you and then release them and forgive them. You've got to. You've got to. 
The Lord dealt with me about it this week and said, you've got, you've, there's, some, there's some people that you say you've forgiven, but you haven't released them. Right? Boy, we split hairs in our, in our world, don't we? we? Oh, yeah, I forgave them. Yeah, maybe not. Have you released them? So I had to do some releasing of my own. I called names. I don't know where everybody was in my house. I called names out loud. And I forgave them again. And I released them. You release them and you get set free. And listen, once you've released all of them, determine to live your life by these Sabbath principles. Live a life of release. Because when somebody offends you again and they're going to, they forgive you again, you gotta, you got to deal with the pain of it. you got to admit that it hurt. Deal with that pain. Pray your way through it. And then release that person and keep walking. You know what You know what I felt like the Lord said to me as I was praying through my little mental list of people? He said they were doing the best they could do. They were doing the best they knew how to do. Just like you do. And you still hurt people. We can't hold somebody else to a higher standard than we hold ourselves to. So learn to release people and just keep walking. You'll be walking in freedom instead of walking in bondage. And that's the life that Jesus died to give us. Isn't that what he said? The enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Listen, you may never be a millionaire. Most of us, it'd ruin our lives if we were. Right? But we can all walk in freedom. We can all walk in healing. And that is the abundant life that we all look for. So listen, this is the first day of the year. Determine in your heart today that you're going to live by these three Sabbath principles. Rest, renewal, and release. It'll affect every area of your life and it'll affect them for the better. The Sabbath and all its related principles, Jesus said, were created for you to meet needs that you have in your life. So take full advantage of what he's given to us today. Y'all stand with me, please. So here's what I'd like to do. Um, the team's going to sing one more song. We'll be dismissed together in just a minute. Um, we didn't quite make an hour-long service, but we got two churches here, so it gives us an extra hour. Um, so here's what we're going to do. They'll come sing a song, and this altar is open. As a matter of fact, this altar is never closed. So if there's something that the Lord is pricking your heart about this morning that you want to just come and spend some time praying about, you can come do that right now, okay? You do that right now. If, uh, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, uh, today is the day that, that you can do that. You come to this altar and you let us know. And, and me or one, some member of the team will, will lead you to understanding what that means. And we, we, want you, we want every person in this place today to leave knowing that they know Jesus and that they surrendered their lives to him. 
If you've got some need in your life, you've got something going on that you want to pray about, whatever it is, whether it's a need in your body, whether it's a financial issue, a relationship thing, whatever it is that's going on, then you can come and pray about that and we'd be happy to pray with you about that, okay? But let's, uh, let's, do the, let, let's honor the Word of God enough by just being still for two or three more minutes and hearing what He has to say to us today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for your word and I pray God that you that your Holy Spirit would now uh, take the seed and penetrate the soil of our hearts with it and I pray God that you bury it deep and that it bear fruit for your honor and for your glory Lord I pray that you would call every person to this altar who needs to come today give them the strength and the courage to step out and we know that when they do that you will meet them in this place in the name of Jesus we pray pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.